No. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Deuteronomy 31, 1-13. Then Moses went out and spoke these words to all Israel. I am now 120 years old, and I am no longer able to lead you. The Lord has said to me, you shall not cross the Jordan. The Lord your God himself will cross over ahead of you. He will destroy these nations before you and will take possession of their land. Joshua also will cross over the land ahead of you, as the Lord had said. And the Lord will do to them what he did to Sion and Og, the kings of the Amorites, whom he destroyed along with their land. The Lord will deliver them to you, and you must do to them all that I have commanded you. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the presence of all Israel, Be strong and courageous, for you must go with, go with this people to the land that the Lord swore to their forefathers to give them, and you must divide it among them as their inheritance. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. So Moses wrote down this law and gave it to the priests, the sons of Levi, who carried the ark of the covenant of the Lord, and to all the elders of Israel. Then Moses commanded them, at the end of every seven years, in the year for cancelling debts during the fast of tabernacles, when all Israel comes to appear before the Lord your God at the place he will chose, you shall read this law before them in their hearing. Assemble the people, men, women and children, and the aliens living in your towns, so that they can listen and learn to fear the Lord your God, and follow carefully all the words of this law. Their children, who do not know this law, must hear it and learn to fear the Lord your God as long as you live in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess. Um, the second part of our reading before Marion comes... We do one more song before Marion comes to sing to us, but our second part of our reading is taken from the second half of that passage from verses 14 to 23. <clears throat> the Lord said to Moses, Now the day of your death is near. Call Joshua and present yourself at the tent of meeting where I will commission him. So Moses and Joshua came and presented themselves at the tent of meeting. Then the Lord appeared at the tent in a pillar of cloud, and the cloud stood over the entrance of the tent, and the Lord said to Moses, You are going to rest with your fathers, and these people will soon prostitute themselves to the foreign gods and the land they are entering. They will forsake me and break the covenant I have made with them. On that day I will become angry with them and forsake them. I will hide my face from them and they will be destroyed. Many disasters and difficulties will come upon them. And on that day they will ask, Have not the disasters come upon us because the God is not with us? And I will certainly hide my face on that day because of all of their wickedness in turning to other gods. Now write down for yourselves this song and teach it to the Israelites and make them sing it so that it may be a witness for me against them. When I have brought them into the land flowing with milk and honey, the land I promised on oath to their forefathers, and when they eat their fill and thrive, they will turn to other gods and worship them, rejecting me and breaking my covenant. And when many disasters and difficulties come upon them, this song will testify against them, because it will not be forgotten by their descendants. I know what I am disposed to do, even before I bring them into the land I promised them on oath. So Moses wrote down this song that day and taught it to the Israelites. The Lord gave this commandment to Joshua, son of Nun. Be strong and courageous, for you will bring the Israelites into the land I promised them on oath, and I myself will be with you.
Okay. And so we come to the last, some of you may be cheering, I don't know, but the last in our Deuteronomy series. We started back in September and have been reminded or perhaps discovered for the first time just how much this book has to teach us of the nature of God and how he relates to his people both then and now. Today, as you will have seen in your bulletin, we have come to chapter 31, which Tim has entitled Handover. Now, handovers are not always easy at the best of times. I'm sure you can think of a uh, time, perhaps at work or somewhere else, where there's been that time of transition and things haven't gone quite, uh, quite as according to plan, quite as smoothly as you'd intended. If you can't think of an example, well, let let me illustrate it for you with an example that we can watch. They're doing so well. They're in the lead. Now we come to third leg. (laughs) Poor child. I feel so sorry for him. Because with the best will in the world, it all went horribly wrong, didn't it? Well, this morning we're going to look at how God enables Moses to prepare his successor and the people of Israel for a huge change. They're now, as uh, Raj has pointed out, they're at the edge of the promised land And Moses knows that the people are to enter, but he is not the one to lead them into it. So this passage, it can be divided in a number of ways, I'm sure. But I've segmented it into three sections. The first of these is, as we can see on the screen there, the announcement of the leadership handover. And as you can see, it's covered by verses 1 to 8. Moses begins by making it very clear he is not to be their leader forever. Verse 1 reads, Then Moses went out and spoke these words to all Israel. I'm now 120 years old, and I am no longer able to lead you. The Lord has said to me, you shall not cross the Jordan. They're to be left in no doubt. They must get used to the idea of a life without Moses. Moses will not always be with them. Verse 2 also shows that Moses senses their immediate insecurity. After all, this generation has known no other. So Moses immediately reassures them. We read, The Lord your God himself will cross over ahead of you. He will destroy these nations before you, And you will take possession of their land. Joshua also will cross over ahead of you, as the Lord said. And the Lord will do to them what he did to Sion and Og, the kings of the Amorites, whom he destroyed along with their land. The Lord will deliver them to you, and you must do to them all that I have commanded you. The people are not to worry. Why? 
Because though Moses might die, their ever-living and true God will go ahead of them and fight their battles. It is he that will destroy the nations, not they, not Moses, but God. Moses reminds them of recent events with how God dealt with the kings Sion and Og. For those of you who'd like to find out more about these fantastically named kings, you need only turn to Numbers 21, verse 10. Knowing their anxiety, Moses gives them these words. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. What great words of encouragement at just the point when they needed them. They're about to go into a land they already knew was full of a formidable enemy. Their opponents were numerous, in some cases physically imposing, with cities that were strong and well fortified. But what, says Moses, does that matter? It's kind of irrelevant, really. God is with you. He has strength that far outstrips theirs combined. He is far mightier than any enemy could ever possibly hope to be or imagine. He has the power to break down any walls that a person cares to erect. He was committed to them. He had promised them the land and complete victory. Not once had God reneged on any of his promises and he was not about to start now. Then in verse 7, Moses makes it clear to whom this baton of responsibility is to pass. In front of all the people, so there could be no doubt, we read, Then Moses summoned Joshua and said to him in the presence of all Israel, Be strong and courageous, for you must go with this people into the land that the Lord swore to their ancestors to give them. And you must divide it among them as their inheritance. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. What fantastic affirmation for Joshua. The people can be sure that this man that Moses has stood before them is to be their new leader. They are to respect him and follow him in his new role. I love the way Moses uses the same words said to the people to Joshua. Be strong and courageous. There's no doubt that Joshua was a man of courage and valour. In Exodus 17, we read of how Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses ordered him. He has military experience. So why does he need exhortation to be strong and courageous? You've got a proven track record. It's because the task that lies ahead is a formidable one and is not simply military. There is much to do which will not be made any easier by having to lead a people that have already shown themselves time and time again to be difficult to lead. And that's putting it politely. 
For the first time, he would need to do all this without his mentor Moses to give him advice and to steer him. So he too needs to know that God Almighty goes before him. It is on him he must rely, on God alone, and seek wisdom and his guidance. Moses knows from his own experience that there will be dark days. And Joshua is not to be discouraged when he too finds himself frustrated at the people's lack of trust, or in those times when he's at a loss to know what to do when all eyes are on him, expecting him to know. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Our next section is from verse 9 through to verse 13. Here it is not merely the announcement of a handover of leadership, but the handing over of the law. By this, it is not simply meaning the Ten Commandments. Um, Moses is credited with having written what's known as the Pentateuch, uh, what we might recognise as the first five books of the Bible. And they're also known, certainly by the Jews, as the Law of Moses. The priests and the elders were charged with the responsibility of ensuring that God's law was not forgotten or neglected by its reading every seven years. Not one of the people of Israel were to have the excuse that they didn't know what God had done for them or how God wanted them to live so that it might go well for them. It was of vital importance that this too be handed over for the sake of future generations. If their relationship with God was to stand the test of time, they would need to be regularly reminded We read in Joshua 8, verse 35 of this happening. Afterwards, Joshua read all the words of the law, the blessings and the curses, just as it is written in the book of the law. There was not a word of that Moses had commanded that that Joshua did not read to the whole assembly of Israel, including the women and children and the aliens who lived among them. Later... When Israel is under the leadership of kings, and it has all gone terribly wrong, King Josiah re-establishes the covenant between God and his people. Part of doing that is by reading God's law. They needed to be reminded. Again, generations later, when the wall of Jerusalem is rebuilt under the leadership of Nehemiah, Ezra reads, and all the people listened attentively to the book of the law. The reading of the law was a way of reinvigorating the people. If they had wandered away from God, it was by reading God's word that would be a turning point, a way of re-establishing their relationship. So, with hindsight, we can see why Moses institutes the regular reading of the book of the law. For by doing so, the people will remember who God is and all that he has done for them, and be able to live in accordance with his will. This will be by not just those that stood before Moses on that day, but for future generations. They too are to know because they have heard, listened attentively, and so can apply it to their own lives. This is an investment for the future. 
from verse 14 onwards, the handover to Joshua is formalized. God makes it clear that Moses is soon to die. So it is necessary that Joshua meets with God, just as he had done so with Moses. It would seem that this is to be a much more personal handing over of the baton. The people have been dismissed, and this is to be an intimate encounter. So the two men stand and present themselves to God at the tent of meeting, where God meets them. And he certainly does not sugarcoat how things are going to be. I'm not sure how I would react if it were my first day at the new job and I was called into the boss's office to be told that everything's going to fall apart and that the boss is not going to be available. What a nightmare. Well, Moses is commissioned by God to put all the warnings that we find in Deuteronomy 31 into a song. And it's to be shared with the people. So again, they have no excuse. They are forewarned of what will happen if they do not remain faithful to God. The song is to be found in chapter 32 of Deuteronomy, and it's not happy reading. In that moment, I have to say, I do feel a bit sorry for Joshua. For he hears God say, These people will soon prostitute themselves to the foreign gods of the land they are entering. They will forsake me and break the covenant I made with them. God explains that disasters will fall upon them for their disobedience. But it is to Joshua's credit that the people of Israel remain faithful to God under his leadership. We read in Judges 2 that the people served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua and of the elders who outlived him and who had seen all the great things the Lord had done for Israel. But then... Just two verses later. After that, whole generation had been gathered to their fathers. Another generation grew up, who knew neither the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. For this reason, I think God reiterates the words Moses spoke to him earlier. The Lord gave this command to Joshua, son of Nun. Be strong and courageous. For you will bring the Israelites into the land I promised them on oath. And I myself will be with you. This is God, personally, one to one, telling Joshua, I am with you. No matter what you face, I am with you. No matter how difficult the road ahead becomes, you are not alone, because I am with you. I'm sure Joshua must have held on to those words for the rest of his life. But it does beg the question, how does this relate to you and me today? Joshua lived in the Bronze Age, I believe, about 1,300 years before Christ was even born, we're talking over 3,000 years ago. How can that possibly be relevant to you and me today? The answer lies in the acceptance of an eternal God. 
that doesn't change. Just as God was faithful to Moses, Joshua, and the people of Israel, so he is today. We as a church here at BRBC are about to embark on a new phase with the appointment of a leader in community evangelism. And on that, I would ask that you pray for Tim and the diaconate as they meet tomorrow to discern of those interviewed who it is that God might be calling to us here at Brighton Road. Whomever it is that God guides to join us, it will mean change. It will mean challenge. For many of us, it will mean going into new territory, having to rethink what we do, why we do it, and that's scary. To us, just as to the people of Israel, God says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Whatever lies ahead, God has already gone there. We can and must trust him. The law of Moses was handed down so that future generations do not forget. What a responsibility was given to them. And what a responsibility is given to us also. Paul wrote to the Hebrews in chapter 13, verse 5, quoting from Deuteronomy and also Psalm 118. Be content with what you have, because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So with confidence, so sorry, so we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. We too are exalted to live a godly life and that includes knowing God's word. How can we teach it if we don't know it ourselves? If we don't invest time in looking at God's word, reflecting, meditating on it, letting it sink in and affect how we live day by day. We run the risk of being a bit like that poor boy in the video and, and just going in completely the wrong direction. You know, it strikes me that David Mould, who coordinates the work of Sunday Club, should be having to turn people away because we take our responsibility to teach the next generation so seriously. Do we want there to be a church here in 10 years' time? Alive and on fire for God? If the answer is yes, then of what are we afraid? God has not changed. He still calls us to go. He still calls us to trust him. When I read this passage in preparation for this morning, it reminded me straight away of when I was at university. The head of our Christian union was a guy called Andy Mayo. You can look him up on YouTube. You'll find him there. He was such a godly man and still is today. And to be honest, I was a bit in awe of him. 
I was asked to take on Andy's mantle of leading the CU. And I remember feeling woefully inadequate. I just couldn't see how I could possibly follow Andy. I, I really just couldn't. And it really scared me. During the following summer, before I was to start in that new academic year with that new responsibility, he sent me a card in which he wrote the words said to Joshua, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Don't tell me the Old Testament isn't relevant to today. I was really blessed by Andy with those words when he sent them to me. And so I pass them to you so that you too might be blessed.